1: Good morning, and welcome to Ponies Twenty Four Seven, the radio magazine. The road to the Kentucky Derby runs right through Oaklawn Park, Arkansas, today, with the running of the one point two five million dollar Grade Two Rebel Stakes. So, the winner of this will earn all important points toward a berth in the Kentucky Derby, set for Saturday, May the fourth. May the fourth be with you. Nancy Holtus, a first-timer here on Ponies 24-7, is Oaklawn's media and promotions specialist and TV host, reporter, and thoroughbred racing analyst. Nancy will be joining us to set the stage for today's exciting stakes-filled card. Uh, we love our jockeys here on Ponies 24-7. Very excited to soon welcome Woodbine's David Moran, who is anxious to hear that famous phrase, Riders Up, once again when Woodbine opens its 2024 thoroughbred racing season in April. David was sidelined last year after undergoing ankle surgery. He's recuperating, he's ready, he's raring to go, looking forward to what he hopes will be a sensational year for him when he's back in the saddle again. And we also love our horses here on Ponies 24-7. We care very much what happens to these magnificent equine athletes once they are no longer racing. That's where long-run thoroughbreds comes in. They do absolutely incredible work, often life-saving work. Here's... What their website says, Long Run Thoroughbred Retirement Society's mission is to help thoroughbred racehorses no longer able to compete, find loving adoptive homes, ensuring them the dignified and happy retirement they so richly deserve. And in just a few moments, we'll be joined by my amazing co-host, Larry Simpson. He will try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a really great show. Please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our show feature. In case you missed it, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane.
0: Pony. 24 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing more from the track when we come back on 105.9 the region
2: go from dark horse to winner. dark horse is woodbine's new easy to use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you it's ai powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my co-host Larry Simpson and our In Case You Missed It, a look at the week that was in horse racing news and sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. I got to say this to you, Larry, you sure know how to pick them. And I'm talking about Sierra Leone.
4: Well, yeah, uh, and it's a good reason why you should be listening to the show, actually, because uh, Sierra Leone uh, won the four hundred thousand dollar Risen Star uh, stakes uh, last week and qualified for the uh, Kentucky Derby. He's the current uh, Kentucky Derby favorite, but uh, of course that could change after after today. Sierra Leone is owned in part by Rocketship Racing, who is one of our uh, sponsors, and. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he raced very well. He just got up, and then the track was very sloppy. He basically raced well to, you know, n- navigate around in the slop and come from off the pace and nail uh, nail the horse right on the wire and win by a half a length.
1: Does he have a a stellar future? Do you think? I
4: think he does. The key is he stays healthy, and uh, he still has some improvement to do. Like He's only had, uh, I believe, three lifetime starts, and uh, he's a nose away from being uh, undefeated. So
1: Again, it's a reminder to listen to everything you say, and we've got Ponies Picks of the Day coming up later on in the show. We will be all ears, Larry Simpson, because you do know how to pick him. That was In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine.
5: Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian owned and family operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225.
1: Welcome back to Ponies Twenty Four Seven and our newest feature, Road Trip. Our look at one of the showcase races this weekend, and powered by Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice. This week's action takes us to Hot Springs, Arkansas, and Oaklawn Park, where the one point two five million dollar Grade Two Rebel Stakes will be run today, with fifty count them fifty Kentucky Derby points going to the winner. Larry, my bags are packed again. I love this road trip.
4: Well, Ann, road trip lands at Oaklawn Park today in Hot Springs, Arkansas, that is home today to the 1.25 million Grade Two Rebel stakes that over the past 20 years has been won by two of the best Kentucky Derby winners ever, the once-beaten and fan-favorite Smarty Jones in 2004 and Triple Crown winner American Pharoah in 2015. This race was first run in 1961 as the Rebel Handicap at a distance of a mile and 70 yards and immediately became a prep race for the Arkansas Derby. In 1984, the conditions of the race were changed from a handicap to a stakes race, and it was renamed the Rebel Stakes, and the distance was changed to a mile and one-sixteenth. And since 2013, the race has been part of the road to the Kentucky Derby, with the winner receiving 50 points towards a derby berth. Today sees 13 horses to be loaded into the Oaklawn starting gate and compete for the lion's share of the 1.25 million purse at a distance of a mile and one-sixteenth on the dirt. Number six is the lightly raced Dymatic, trained by Steve Asmussen, and in a brief three-star career, was an impressive maiden winner in his last start at Oakland Park over a sloppy track and at today's distance. This guy has actually improved his buyer speed ratings, which is a big positive, and like last week's road trip winner Sierra Leone, Dymatic is also a son of Gunrunner. Tyler Gafflione, who was aboard Sierra Leone last week, climbs aboard Dymatic today for the first time. All eyes will be on the early favorite of the Rebel, the Brad Cox Timberlake, but Timberlake has been off since November when he was fourth behind fierceness in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but we're going to look at Dymatic to provide us some value today. So number six Dymatic today in the Rebel Stakes at Oakland Park.
1: All right, Larry, fasten your seatbelt. That's Road Trip, powered by Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice.
6: Pineview Hyundai, combining horses and horsepower. The Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred industry for over 35 years and as a provider of the official vehicle of the NHL, they want to invite you to score some huge deals when you visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup. Visit either store today, 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan or 180 Delta Park Boulevard in Brampton. For an appointment, call our Vaughan store at 905-851-2851 or Brampton at 905-791-2728 or visit us online at pineviewauto.com or pineviewwest.ca. We are the smart choice.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine. Nancy Holtis is a first timer here on the show. We are absolutely thrilled to have her with us. So she's got many hats. She wears many hats and has many titles, but we're going to go with racing analyst Oaklawn Park and so much more. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Good to have you with us.
7: Thank you so much. I feel like I'm breaking my maiden first time out on all of you guys. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> yeah.
4: Is it maiden special weight or a maiden claimer though? <laughs> oh,
7: let's go maiden special weight. Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk about today's card at Oaklawn and uh, especially the Rebel Stakes.
7: Super excited this year. It offers 105 points scattered amongst the top five finishers, and this is actually the third largest rebel field in history.
1: And why is it the third largest in history? What has happened? Well, it kind of helps. We've got a purse of one and (laughs) a quarter (laughs) million dollars.
7: You know, we like to say the road to the Triple Crown does go through Hot Springs, Arkansas. This has been a major stopping point for so many connections for so many years. A lot of trainers actually ship their horses here because we do have very large crowds. So horses get to experience the roar of the crowds in the infield on trackside, and it also gives them a chance to, to ship and see how they acclimate.
4: So who do you think the rebel goes through, Nancy?
7: I'm going to have to say Timberlake. Mm. He looks absolutely spectacular. I fangirled when I saw him the other day training and schooling in the infield paddock. I know he is going to make his three-year-old debut today. Uh, Brad Cox, is ironically, he's won so many races. He's looking for his first Rebel Stakes win. Uh, But he certainly looks the part. I'm excited that our leading writer, Christian Torres, gets in the irons. And Brad has been very vocal about his last Two works specifically down at the fairgrounds were extra impressive. And when Brad Cox is confident about a horse, that's when you know you can jump on the bandwagon.
1: So we talk trainers, we talk horses. What about jockeys? Who Who are you seeing for today's Rebel?
7: Well, we've got uh, some returning that we're here for uh, either one or two of the prior Kentucky Derby preps, the Smarty Jones and the Southwest. Brian Hernandez returns, uh, Tyler Gaffleone is coming in for the day, you know, lots of money being distributed and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a big check home with him. Uh, but so excited to also see a lot of our local colony getting well representation in the rebel.
4: So would you agree, Nancy, that the Rebel Stakes is a good indicator of what we might see Kentucky Derby Day?
7: 1,000%. There are several horses that are still looking for their first set of points towards that first Saturday in May, but I feel pretty confident that, you know, given if history does repeat itself, I think we're going to see uh, several in Louisville.
1: Why is this particular race such a strong pathway to the Kentucky Derby, do you think? The crowds that Hmm. we
7: get here on a race day, especially a big day like the Rebel today. Uh, our infield is going to be open for the for the earliest time in Oakland history and uh, the first time for the Rebel in quite a while. So they get to experience uh, these large, large crowds and again, that huge purse for the richest grade two in the country at one and a quarter million. And also, Hot Springs is just steeped with tradition in racing and uh, every trainer does make this a destination.
4: You're breaking your maiden here, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. Where did it all begin for you, and how did you become so interested in horse racing?
7: Like many in the industry, I'm actually bred into it. I'm third generation, the first woman in my family to participate in the sport. My father and grandfather were both jockeys, then trainers, and like a lot of us in the industry, we marry within the sport as well. <laughs> (laughs) So I actually married a fellow third-generation horseman. So, you know, it's a different industry because there are no off days. We work seven days a week, regardless of weather, but we all seem to get each other. So, uh, but yeah, I had a true love of the sport and have been working, whether it's frontside in the racing offices, the test barns, I was stallman. I was a steward out in California, and that's kind of where I began to uh, cut my teeth in, in the broadcast. Side on TVG for for many many years. I like to think I've, I'm a Jill of all trades, you know, maybe master of none, but you know, I,
1: I sure give it my best shot. All I can say is giddy up. And so where you've there landed, where you've landed today, is that of racing analyst. That's your that's the title that we introduced you. So how did you end up doing that, and what do you bring to the table that nobody else seems to?
7: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I kind of landed on it on accident, to be quite honest. When I was living out in Southern California, my roommate was Kate and Bradar. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the industry knows Kate and Bradar. Our Mm -hmm. fathers grew up together and were best friends. And she said, you know, TBG is looking for some freelance uh, workers. I knew about the sport, so I went out and did an audition tape and got hired uh, to freelance on the side when I wasn't working my stallman job at Hollywood. And it just kind of progressed. So when I did return to my home here in Hot Springs, I did approach Oaklawn about the opportunity to become their paddock analyst and roughly 30 years in the sport has given me a decent eye on how to look at horses and how to, uh, it's, it's kind of a science, if you will, looking at all the different past performances and all the information that is available. So I kind of have my own little way of handicapping, whether it's charts, whether it's actually picking up the phone and calling a trainer or a jock agent or watching replays. So I uh, I hope I am able to give the better of uh, something that they find informative and we can all make a withdrawal from the track. That day.
1: <laughs> do you ever just go with your gut?
7: Absolutely. There's horses. Uh, one thing about Oakland, because our meat is so long, we do have uh, returning stables year after year. And I love a good horse for course. Sometimes horses get to Oakland specifically, you know, in late spring when they are getting towards, uh, you know, say the first Saturday in May, they tend to really blossom, if you will, whether it's it's mentally, whether it's physically, you know, they might put on a few, few pounds, which in a thoroughbred is a good thing. Um, you know, they'll dabble out and horses here just seem to be really, really happy.
4: I'm a handicapping angles guy. Is there any handicapping angles that uh, you kind of Tend to like.
7: I am a big fan of third start off of an extended layoff. I think sometimes you know horses run. Some horses run very well coming off of an of a layoff, but I think sometimes they might need a race. Maybe that second time that fitness is building up, but that third start, a lot of times horses really do seem to be in their peak physical form. Also, first off the claim for certain trainers that excel in that level. I'm a red flag kind of girl, though. (laughs) However, when I see horses that, you know, might have been claimed for 50 and are dropping in for twelve five, that Mm -hmm. to me, they might win by 10, but to me, that's just a bit of too much of a red flag.
4: There's been so many Kentucky Derby prep races up till now, is there been one that has impressed you the most?
7: It's ironic because sometimes, you know, we also have the the Kentucky Oaks, the, our three-year-old Philly series, but as much as I do... Love the Arkansas Derby. I do think it is the Rebel because we tend to see a lot of fresh horses that have maybe never raced at Oaklawn or are making uh, their first stakes appearance in the Rebel. So it has produced some amazing, amazing champions, and I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe this year is is the same thing.
1: You know, we are radio. Obviously, we can't see you. You're beautiful, by the way. And you can't oh, see us. And we're you. not. We're not so beautiful. But would you do us the honor of sort of setting the table for today? What's going to happen today? And then the excitement as it's building. Just give us a, a, an, an audio version of, of a tour.
7: I'm very fortunate that my day starts uh, about 7 in the morning during training. Training is my favorite time of day, especially, uh, you know, on the racetrack, you get to see more than 12 horses every 30 minutes competing. During training, there's hundreds of horses. We've got over 1,500 horses stabled here in Hot Springs at Oaklawn. So you get hundreds of horses training, doing a myriad of different things. You get to see the exercise riders. You get to see the pony people and the joggers. That are out breezing horses in the morning. But on Saturdays, like today, I host a morning program called Dawn at Oaklawn, and I kind of, for lack of a better word, play a uh, color commentator. Well, and talk about what horses are doing. We also provide uh, guided barn tours for our race fans in the backside because that's a that's a sneak peek. That's a behind the velvet rope type of a type of tour. So, talk. I uh, usually have guests that come out. I've been very blessed to have interviewed numerous, numerous Hall of Famers, some of the biggest names in the industry. And today, because we do have twelve races, our doors open at ten thirty. First post is noon, and it's kind of cool because our stakes are back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, so we've got an all-stakes pick four. So it's it's a 13-, 14-hour day, but it goes by very, very quickly.
4: Do you think we could see a Kentucky Derby winner coming out of today's Rebel?
7: 1,000%. I have no <laughs> doubt in that. Obviously, Timberlake is certainly pointed in that direction, and I would love to see Just Steel uh, continue to compete at the level he has, he's been runner-up in both of our preps thus far. The Smarty Jones out and the Southwest, trained by Dwayne Lucas, who is 88 years old, still gets on the huh? pony every morning during oh. training. So you can't not root for the coach.
1: Can you talk to us about marrying into the business? You married Paul Holtus. He's a trainer. How does that work with your relationship, but also your relationship with Oaklawn?
7: Well, you know what? It's actually a... Um been wonderful. I mean, he's my he's my my first husband. Um, I get to marry a little later than uh, than normal girls in the South do. That's probably why I left the South when I did. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, because we we work seven days a week. We we live at the barn. The barn crew becomes our family. And you know, when when the meat's over, we pack up and we all go together. But I I am truly blessed. To he is a phenomenal horseman. He learned from one of the best. His father. Bob Holthus. I have been so much more hands-on with horses since being married to Paul. Um, I feel like I've got a better understanding of uh, horses on a mental level and a physical level. So I was fortunate enough to do uh, therapy on all of our horses, the MagnaWave therapy, which they love, and you know, learn more about feeding and vet processes and, and that type of thing. So it, it, the barn truly is my happy place. Place. I love to love on the horses and and really get that one on one time with them.
4: Was there a racetrack or maybe a race that maybe solidified you wanting to become a fan of thoroughbred racing and eventually become a part of it?
7: I can remember coming to Oakland as a very very small child with my grandfather uh, when the Clydesdale still pulled a starting gate. Mm. <laughs> so that was one of my my first racetrack memories. And you know, Oakland is is a very unique and special to the industry because, say, for example, this year we celebrated 120 years of racing. There is so much tradition in in gambling here in Hot Springs. We were the, the Vegas before Vegas existed. So to have that history and oakland has become not only a destination for horsemen but for race fans alike because you know we do get those big crowds people still do dress up to come to the races maybe even just on a on a regular friday so uh i i love all of the tracks that i have worked at i've i've shut many down in my day sadly a lot of them don't exist anymore but oakland is and will always be home
1: you know what? You are, I guess, the spokesperson for Oaklawn. You, you're you so enthusiastic. It is infectious. Just want to wish you, Nancy Holtis, a great day of racing today. We'll be watching. We'll be cheering. We'll be following your every move. And thank you for spending time with us on Ponies
7: 24-7. Well, it has been my pleasure, and uh, I hope this is this is the first, but I hope not the last.
1: One thousand mm-hmm. percent, to quote you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you so much, Larry and Ann. I hope you guys have a, have a blessed day. And you, you as well. You too. Thanks, Nancy. <laughs> Bye, Nancy. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. When we come back, back in the saddle again with Woodbine jockey David Moran. That's coming up in moments on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back.
8: Beats one vision.
0: This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. David Moran is our guest. He is a jockey at Woodbine who suffered some injury last year, had some surgery, is recuperating, and I think is probably very excited to soon hear the two words, Riders Up. He joins us now on Ponies 24-7. Welcome to the show, David. Good to have you with us.
9: Yeah, great to be here. Thank you.
4: Well, let's uh, talk about uh, 2023. Obviously, uh, your season was curtailed because of a uh, racing accident. Talk about that.
9: Unfortunately, it's part of the job. You know, we get lots of incidents and... Uh... Some you get up from and some you don't. This one I happened to uh go through the uh the inside rail one morning while I was breezing a horse and uh just broke my ankle really bad. Uh, I had to have um surgery plates and screws on, on both both bones and in mm. both sides of my ankle. So it was a long, long recovery. But um yeah. It's back to normal now.
1: And where are you today? I don't mean physically, but where are you in terms of your recovery? You say, you know, you're back to normal, but what does that really mean?
9: Yeah, I mean, the fitness level, like, um, training really hard. I've had great help with, we have a great physio out with my Randy. Um, you know, he was great help to me getting, getting, uh, the, the right exercises and, and, and things going. And, um, uh we i also hired a strength trainer kirk um who's uh he has done an amazing job actually uh, it's a different type of fitness right it's more strength training and core training and getting all your muscles back in order so he he's done a great job that way and and then, the, you know, the self-motivation, having to go out there every day, if two or three hours every day between swimming and running and exercises and just getting yourself back fit, right? It's, it's one thing getting over the injury.
1: How important is an ankle to a jockey?
9: It's very important. Um, I actually just saw a documentary last week with Frankie de Torre, actually, and he just happened to mention his hardest recovery of, of his injuries was actually a broken ankle as well. Um, our balance is basically from our toes, uh, mm. our ankles and legs, right? So... Um, a lot of the spring motion and, and strength um, and balance is, is coming from, in you know, your feet, right? So, you know, there's one thing, um, being around like a normal person or going back to work and walking and being in an office, but as you know, on on these racehorses, um, things happen very fast and, uh, you know, you, you have to have your, well, not just your wits, but your reflexes have to be good, right? So everything has to be working properly, right?
4: It must have been uh, difficult, uh, David, sitting on the sidelines last year and watching some of your regular mounts uh, run well.
9: Yeah, you know, Franny, actually, that, that's the hard part. It's Unfortunately, it's part of our game, and you have to be able to deal with the mental sides of these things. Waiting to have my surgery, there was a, a poor man in, in, in the bed next to me, and I was kind of down in the dumps complaining and moaning to myself, feeling sorry for myself, and this poor man, I could overhear the doctors saying to him, you know, he's probably going to get his leg amputated the yeah. next day. So, yeah. so I kind of reality checked, kind of taught myself to shut up and grow up, and you know, get yourself back and uh, stop feeling sorry for yourself. There's a lot worse. I've had, you know, I've had a couple of friends get killed, a couple of friends get paralysed, um, like just recently in, in England, one jockey who won the Grand National over jumps went back to the flat racing because of injuries and came out of the starting gate, a very simple fall and, and broke his neck and he's now paralyzed. And another jockey just two weeks ago went out through the wing of a fence and, and got killed. You can't take things for granted and you can't be crying over small things, you know?
4: Yeah. I read somewhere too that when you hurt your ankle, you thought it was just a, a bone bruise and you thought you were going to be back uh, racing in, in, a, in a few weeks. Is that true?
9: Well, I I was hoping I was going to be back uh, (laughs) that day or the next day. (laughs) At the time, because of the way I felt, I I didn't think, I knew I had hit the railing pretty hard. And I was just hoping maybe just a very bad uh, bruise or something. But uh, as time went on, I could tell that I wasn't getting a whole pile of uh, feeling back in uh, movement. So a couple of hours later, the x-rays <laughs> proved that I was very wrong.
1: <laughs> so what does all of this mean to your son, Pietro, who is an apprentice jockey?
9: Myself, my wife and uh, and his siblings have been really enjoying this. Um, uh, and actually, it's been a lot of motivation for me to, to race against him this year. You know, we keep saying who's going to win the first battle we get down the lane. Um, so, but it's exciting, you know. He's he's a good kid. He's he's uh he's in university also studying kinesiology, mm-hmm. and uh, he works really hard. He started with uh, Mike Dial, and then he worked the last couple of seasons with Kevin Attard and he rode his four winners for Kevin Attard last fall, and um, you know he's making a little name for himself. And um, my other son William, he 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 gallops the horses and leads up and does whatever has to be done. They, they all love the horses too. So they have, you know, they're putting, he's putting himself through school by, by walking at the track there. So, so yeah, I'm proud of him, you know.
1: Will there ever come a time, do you think, where you will be competing against Pietro?
9: Oh yeah! As soon as the track opens in April, we'll be <laughs> there. You go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he's going to do well. But the the most important thing is the first time we compete uh, closely down the lane is that I beat him the first time. After <laughs> that, it doesn't matter.
4: <laughs> so I, I guess I don't have to ask you if you've got a date picked uh, for when you're going to come back riding, eh?
9: Well, o- opening date is uh, the twenty seventh. So yeah pretty sure that's that's when i'm i'm going to be back i mean the track will be opening um next week so uh i'll probably start getting in there pretty soon now and just getting on horses and getting the body ready um on that side of it right um because there's one thing being fit but you need to you know you need to get on horses as well and 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 get that part going so yeah, i'm really looking forward to it
1: will you change your strategy after coming back from an accident will you be riding differently this year?
9: Um, no you just come back um you know hopefully you get live horses again um the ambition and the hunger and stuff is uh is biting over so I'm going to be coming out all guns blazing and you know it's like that and you just hope you you, you get some winners early and, and get a bit of momentum um, going right and get some live horses
4: well David take us back to your first win as a rider and you know, how well do you remember it and where was it?
9: It was actually um actually my local track back home in Ireland there was a small country track called Torless. I rode a filly called um Margarula. She had uh it was it was a two year old back in I think it was around November and uh she had uh the bottom weight in a in a handicap and I was taking ten pounds off and uh I won, and uh, actually, she ended up going on to win the following year the Irish Oaks. So she turned out to be a to be a decent horse, you know. That was with um, that was with uh, for trainer Jim Bulger. I served my apprenticeship with him, and uh, and I spent another ten years uh, riding for him before I before I came out here.
1: And your dad was a huge influence in your early, early, early days of riding. Is that
9: right? Yeah, Dad loved racing. He probably got me involved a bit in racing. He bred and he owned a really good um, national hunt, steeplechaser, chaser. Uh, David's lad, the horse's name was. He, um, he ended up, he won the Irish Grand National. Um, he was favoured for the English Grand National, and I, like most, he fell at the second or third last, going pretty well at the time. Um, but uh, he won a lot of races. Um, no, Dad, and Dad still works at the, in the racing industry. Um, he, he he wasn't back then he he actually he he was a he owned at a pub in in a small town in, in <laughs> Tipperary when I was growing up um my grandparents were small farmers, so we always had you know ponies and stuff we used to do a lot of fox hunting that's how I really got into it we used to go hunting every Sunday during the winter and all the kids would be out there jumping ditches and drains and falling off and Mm -hmm. getting up and just, it was just great fun actually as a kid, um, to do that growing up. Um, so yeah, I got into the racing probably through my dad, it was, I think from a young age, um, left school at 15, went to the apprentice school in, in the Cora in, in, in Ireland. And, um, yeah, from there, um I was with Frank Innes for a little while and then went to Jim Bulger and I spent a lot of years. I said I was more than ten years with Jim and um yeah, had a great learned a lot there. Great you know, he had some great horses while I was there, like New Approach, Teofilo, Lush Lashes, Alexander Gold, and, like m- multiple Great One winners. Like he was it was just a great experience, you know. I I got to fly with horses to, to Hong Kong and Rate, you know, she she won a big race over there, Alexander Golden. That was great experience. Um, you know, he it was just a an overall like apprenticeships over there is a little different to to Canada. You 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 work hard from from morning to night. Um, you, you you don't just ride horses. You'll you'll do anything from painting rails, picking stones, pulling mains to. To whatever you're told to do and that's, <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it <laughs> or you might not be going racing the next day <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> so what is maybe that is the answer to my question but what is the biggest difference in ireland in riding here in canada and, and was it a big adjustment for you coming to woodbine and, and, and ride here regularly
9: um yeah well you have to change you kind of have to adapt your style um uh you go a lot faster from the gate here like um throughout the whole race whereas over there you, you know the earlier part of the race is a little bit more steady and they finish up um quicker you know but it's a different style of a track you know over there is a lot of hills and they're not flat tracks like like here right so you know you have to ride them you have to ride each track to, to how it is, um, but um, I really enjoy it. Actually, the the, the American style racing, I I, think I adapted to it pretty well. I've you no, know, thankfully I had some good success, won some nice races, got in with some great trainers over the years, and um, no, I'm you know, I'm happy that my son is following on. You know, so it's more things to look forward to.
1: And who gives advice? You to Pietro or Pietro to you?
9: you know um, I I try not to get into his head too much you know he's a smart kid and you know we always watch racing together and replays and from a very very young age like he this has been his passion like it's like you know he, he, he I can say from a baby that he he's had colours on and a stick in his hand and mm. riding the exerciser or the back of the couch. This was this was him or racing up and down the road on the bikes, pretending he was a jockey. You know, <laughs> it, it, this was his passion, and thankfully he's got a chance to follow it. But you know, like anything, you never know if they get too heavy or if they make it or they get injured or different things. But right right now, everything is is going uh, according to plan. You know that it's uh, working out for him and. I said he's you know, he's committed to it and, and he's doing well. So
4: Well David, thanks for doing this and uh good luck uh this coming year and stay safe and stay healthy and uh you know, maybe you'll win the uh, first race on the twenty seventh of April, right?
9: Oh, that'd be lovely, yeah.
1: (laughs) David Moran, we will be pulling for you on the 27th of April when Woodbine opens, but we're also going to be pulling for your son, Pietro. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Like father, like son. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Take care. Thanks, David. Yeah. Thank you. Bye now. After the break, when we come back, Long Run's Lauren Millett joins us on Ponies 24-7, The Radio Magazine.
0: Ponies 24-7, The Radio Magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you
5: looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. So here's what their website says. Long Run Thoroughbred Retirement Society's mission is to help thoroughbred racehorses no longer able to compete, find loving, adoptive homes, ensuring them the dignified and happy retirement they so richly deserve here, here. Lauren Millett is farm manager, Long Run Thoroughbred Retirement Society. She's our guest. Welcome to the show, Lauren. And I think your organization is incredible.
10: Oh, thank you so much. Um, yes, we we love what we do here, and we're very grateful that you guys are able to chat with me today and hopefully bring some more awareness as to what we do over here.
4: Well, we kind of support Long Run. We've had uh, Vicky on a couple of times, and uh, we also uh, run an ad in our uh, Ponies 24-7 magazine. So, yeah, uh, there's quite a relationship between uh, us and, and you guys. But uh, let's talk about... Uh, Yourself, your role at uh, Long Run, how long have you been there, and and what do you do?
10: Uh, Yeah, I'm the farm manager, so I've been here over seven years now. Uh, I started as the adoption manager and the the rider uh, about seven years ago, and then a few years into my employment here, they asked me if I would like to be manager, and I said, absolutely, and so here we are today, and I live on the farm now with my husband, so I'm here all the time, uh, and my role is pretty much uh, I do a little bit of everything. So I'm in mm-hmm. charge of the rehabilitation of horses coming in that have injuries that they sustained at the track. I'm in charge of the adoption, so I receive all the adoption applications. I read them over, vet them, decide who's a good candidate to adopt a horse. And then I also do the matching of the people with the horses. So I decide, oh, this horse seems like it'd be a great fit for this application, reach out to them, contact them, have them come out, meet the horse, et cetera. I also do the retraining of the horses. So uh, I work with our full-time rider here to get on the horses, see what their brain's like, see what kind of rider and career they may want to have in the future And then, obviously, also in charge of looking after all of our beautiful sanctuary horses that, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, may not be able to be adopted, but they will live out their lives um, here at this 100-acre farm, uh, and it's our job to just keep them happy, healthy, and enjoying their retired life.
1: And, you know, Lauren, hard question, but I have to ask it. What would happen to these horses if Long Run didn't exist?
10: Um, that is a great question, and one that we um, often don't like to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, now, and now I can't really say for certain. Um, there aren't a lot of organizations like Long Run in Canada. So all of the trainers and owners um, that want to see their horses go on to have you know, a great second career and a long life. They donate all of the horses here. Um, I know there's a couple other organizations that try to do what we do, um, but we are the only one in Ontario that's accredited. Um, so we have rules and guidelines to follow, and um, we are officially doing what we're doing.
4: And I mentioned earlier that uh, Vicki Pappas, your founder, has been on this uh, show before. You guys have got a farm in Hillsburg. And for our new listeners that didn't hear when, when Vicki was on, tell the story about the the Hillsburg location and uh, how Long Run came up with that uh, that uh, place.
10: Uh, yeah. So uh, before my time with Long Run, um, Lana Herschel Snyderman, um, who was from the, the line of Sam the Record Man, uh, when she passed away, she donated a bunch of money to Long Run, and um, she had had a love of horses her entire life, and therefore uh, Long Run, with this newly found investment, decided it was time to bring all of their horses that were located all over Ontario to one central location, it just made it a lot easier for adoptions, um, especially because at the time we had all of our adoptable horses located, you know, three at this farm, four at that farm, two here, five there, and they were all over Ontario, really. So it made it difficult to try and match people to the right horse as they we had them driving all over the countryside. So when when we were able to purchase this farm, and bring all of our horses to one central location. It really gave us the opportunity to start taking in more horses and really focus on the adoption portion and also the rehabilitation portion. Uh, our, for those that have never been here before, uh, we do have a huge facility that is really well set up for rehabilitation. We've got an equisizer, round pens, an indoor arena, lots of space for. Um, Any sort of injury a horse may have coming off the track, whether that's a fracture or soft tissue, anything, we have the ability to rehabilitate it here, which gives a lot more horses the opportunity to come off the track, get the time they need to recover, and then potentially find a second career and a loving home afterwards.
1: And and can they be combined, a, a loving home and a second career? Can that happen all in one?
10: Absolutely. And that's what we're looking for that. um, And a second career doesn't necessarily mean a riding horse.
3: Um,
10: Just because a horse can't be ridden does not mean that it can't go on and have a job. We've adopted out quite a few horses as therapy horses, um, non-riding therapy horses. And they're part of different therapy groups across um, Ontario. And and that's just as important a job as becoming you know, a competition jumper or an eventer um, because they are helping people just like a riding horse is. So we have the ability here to determine whether or not a horse can be ridden and or wants to be ridden and find them the appropriate home and we, obviously we're looking for a loving forever home so when we get the applications from the adopters we always look for, you know, is this person going to love this horse for the rest of its life, or are they going to ride it for a year or two and then maybe move on? And preference is always given to the forever homes.
1: Absolutely. Oh, that, that makes my heart just sing to hear that.
4: Well, speaking of horses, I think some of our listeners may not be aware that Long Run is now home to, well, you could call him a friend of the show, uh, Pink Lloyd, right?
10: Yes, we do have Pink Lloyd here.
1: So tell us about that. How did he end up with you? What are you seeing with him right now, and what are your hopes for his future?
10: Uh, well, we we ended up with him here thanks to Vicky uh, because she is a dog with a bone and will never give up. <laughs> <laughs> and so Love it. She wanted she wanted Pink Lloyd to retire here, and we got him. that's great. Um, she thought it was really important that a horse like him lived here because of his following and his status in the racing industry.
9: Uh,
10: so he, he lives here. He's turned out with one friend, um, who is also, uh, somewhat of a, of a high stakes horse. Um, his name is Riker. He was a two-year-old champion, um, at Woodbine quite a few years ago, but Pink Lloyd's, main job right now is is kind of farm mascot He <laughs> he's the big man on campus and he knows it, <laughs> love, it. Uh, love it love it he, love it love he, it he knows he's important he goes in and out on his own time and if he wants to stop and just kind of look around for five minutes he's going to stop and look around <laughs> for five minutes you're not moving him is he going but to be gre-
1: is will he be adopted out at some point do you think
10: No, Pink Lloyd is going to live here forever. Um, We use him at open houses, and uh, pretty much his job is standing in front of a camera, receiving (laughs) carrots, pats, and he gets to meet all of his loving fans when they come to our open houses. And he loves that job, and he will stand there for hours and just pose for photos with (laughs) one after another after another. And he knows where the camera is, and he will look right at it. <laughs> that's pink. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. so great, Pink Lloyd. <laughs>
4: well, he got his picture and taken enough in the winter circle, so he <laughs> should be used to a camera, right? So
10: <laughs> yes, definitely.
4: <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, talk about twenty twenty four. What's happening at uh, at Long Run that uh, you know people may be interested in? Have you got any events coming up or already planned, or what?
10: Um, well, last fall, uh, Long Run did host its first ever um, graduate horse show, which was such a success. We are going to do it again this year in 2024. And basically that was, we invited everybody that had adopted a horse from us to come back to the farm um, for one day and compete in a friendly little horse show. And we invited trainers and owners and people from the racetrack and general public as well to come back and kind of see either the horse they had donated to long run or just for the general public to come and see, wow, when you get a horse from long run, look what it can do. And we had a variety of different disciplines and we had quite a few horses come back and it was just a really great day. And a lot of racing connections actually came from the track to see the horse that they had donated then compete in the horse show. And it was really awesome for the new adopters to meet the racing owners because, you know, the, they knew the, both people knew the horse in two very different situations. So it's always great to have tales of the track for the adopter <laughs> and for the racing people to hear what the horse is like in its new life. And it was such a great success. So that's going to be going on uh, this fall again uh, in October. One other thing we have that we will be doing is we have partnered with um, the Haven, which is a mental wellness organization, and uh, they we are allowing them to use our farm and our horses uh, for their therapy. Um, they bring in all their own people, um, their therapists, and we basically just provide a couple of our groups of sanctuary horses for them to use. Um, to conduct those therapy programs, which we did a little bit of last year and it was a success, so we're going to continue doing it this year. And our sanctuary horses love it, mm-hmm. it really makes them feel like they have a job. And the ones that were involved were just so enthusiastic and wanted to participate, and they just knew exactly what they needed to do. So that was really great.
1: Lauren, can you put into words exactly what the magic is when it comes to a thoroughbred racehorse? What is it that makes them so magical?
10: I think it's a few different things, but the, the one thing that always strikes me is their intelligence and their personalities. These horses just are so intelligent, and they just know what is going on around them at all times. They know when... They can be silly. They know when they need to be standing completely still because there's a beginner uh, ho- horse person who's never even seen a horse before touching them. Mm-hmm. And, and they can be so different from one minute to another, but they always are so aware of what they're doing and how they're acting. And that's really the beauty of, of these creatures is they're so intelligent and they're so versatile and they can pretty much learn how to do absolutely anything we ask of them.
4: Well, Lauren, thanks for doing this. It's a great story. Uh, If our listeners want to know anything more about uh, Long Run, uh, what's uh, the website?
1: Or if they want to donate. Mm -hmm.
10: (laughs) Yeah, our website, longrunretirement.com. And through the website, you can donate right through the website. You can contact us, um, email us, get in touch any, any of those ways. There's also, if you're thinking about adopting, there's an application form right on the website. Go ahead and fill that out, and um, we'll contact you if you're a good candidate to adopt. And also, if you're you know not sure if a thoroughbred is right for you, there's a bunch of information about what you can expect from a thoroughbred on our website. Or if you just don't know um, and you want to come volunteer, you can apply on our website to come and volunteer at the farm for a day and kind of see what we're all about.
1: Say that website one more time.
10: Longrunretirement.com.
1: Lauren Millett, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park and some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime. Stay with us for Lucky Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com.
6: Pineview Hyundai, combining horses and horsepower. The Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred industry for over 35 years. And as a provider of the official vehicle of the NHL, they want to invite you to score some huge deals when you visit their Pineview dealership and view the award winning Hyundai lineup. Visit either store today, 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughn or 180 Delta Park Boulevard in Brampton. For an appointment, call our Vaughn store at 905-851-2851 or Brampton at 905-791-2728 or visit us online at pineviewauto.com or pineviewwest.ca. We are the smart choice.
0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson.
1: Before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Lucky Larry and really, truly, He does know how to pick them. He gives us his ponies, Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. I'd love to know, and I've said this before, how often you are right.
4: Well, sometimes you get lucky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lucky Larry. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) Uh,
4: Thanks, Anne. Uh, Fairgrounds has a 10 race card today. Race 9 is a maiden special weight. It's about a mile and a sixteenth on the turf for three-year-old fillies. Twelve have been entered, with one also eligible, including number four, Sweet Sunshine, who hails from leading trainer Brad Cox. Sweet Sunshine makes her fourth lifetime start and enters today's race with three improving buyers. This will be this girl's first start on the grass, which Brad Cox is 20% at. And this girl does have a a short break from November to January, so Sweet Sunshine enters today, making her second start off a layoff of 45 to 180 days. And Brad Cox has a high percentage here of 32%. Brad Cox has worked this girl twice since that last race with two back-to-back four furlong breezes. So Fairgrounds, race nine, number four, Sweet Sunshine. Santa Anita has a 10 race card today. and race five, sees a pony's pick that didn't deliver on February 4th. Back in the go today, that is number three, Great King, who we thought could stack, uh, stock the speed last time and close in the stretch in the Grade 3 Thunder Road Stakes. But unfortunately, the stakes competition proved too much for Great King. The race before the Thunder Road, though, saw Great King close nicely in the stretch to finish a close second in an optional 80,000 claimer. And guess what? That's where we see this Great King today, in the exact same class and distance. Since that last start, trainer Simon Callahan has worked Great King a nice 48-2 and two handily, and it looks like everything is a go, With this, uh, with Great King, who should enjoy today's class relief. So, Santa Anita, race five, number three, Great King. Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight, and race eight is a one mile pace, a purse of $21,000. It's the conditioned event. Eight have been entered, and I believe that this race goes through number three, Sirius Mojo, who was claimed last week by leading trainer Richard Moreau. This guy had been competitive in London and at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And trainer Moreau must have seen something to take this guy for $20,000. I like the fact that Richard Moreau teams up with friend of the show, James McDonald, and combined the pair have a win percentage of, listen to this, 25% in 248 starts. And that's good enough for me. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race eight, number three, Serious Mojo.
1: Thank you, Larry. You're amazing, really, truly. And I look forward to being with you again next Saturday. Before we go, a shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. And goodbye and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7. It was pretty good, wasn't it? I enjoyed it too. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine and a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And please don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca ponies and please donate to this cause stay with 105.9 the region all weekend long and thank you so much for listening
0: ponies 24 7 the radio magazine with ann romer and larry simpson has been brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing tune in next saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing this is 105.9 the region